Good morning from the Pregnancy Help Podcast. This is Valerie Humes, and I am joining you from Heartbeat International, representing our housing movement. That's maternity housing. So we have the National Maternity Housing Coalition here at Heartbeat International, and that is an entire branch and arm of Heartbeat dedicated to supporting you in the maternity housing movement. So lately, one thing we've learned is that this movement is growing, not only with new homes opening regularly, but also pregnancy centers often having a conversation surrounding adding maternity housing to their scope of services. So I thought that was exciting. I got to thinking about that. And so today I am bringing on a special guest speaker uh, that is particularly exciting for me to meet with. So today I have Beth Demert, and I'm going to have her introduce herself and tell her all about what she does at Heartbeat, what she's done before. But here's the thing. I wanted to bring Beth on today to have a big picture conversation about what does it look like when um, the pregnancy help world merges, when the uh, pregnancy centers are also offering maternity homes and maternity homes are partnering with centers and homes are branching and expanding all the time. Uh, and, and that looks like a wide need of support and encouragement and question asking from one another. So Beth, whenever I was speaking with her, and asking her questions, I learned that I think she has probably been involved in just about every area of the pregnancy help movement. So I thought she'd be the perfect person to ask some questions about today. So before I dive into our main topic and, and interview section, Beth, would you tell us who you are and what you've been doing and why I find your background so interesting? Sure. Thank you so much, Valerie. It's good to be here. Um, yeah, I have a long history in the pregnancy help movement for which I'm very thankful for. I um, currently serve as the director of affiliate services at Heartbeat International. And um, that means that I'm sort of the front person and the point person for connecting with our affiliates uh, across the board. My background is with primarily pregnancy centers, but my role at Heartbeat encompasses our housing um, affiliates as well. And that's very exciting for me as, as well. I, you know, I started uh, fresh out of college as a director of a center that at the time was five years old and looking at uh, growth and expansion um, I spent 10 years with that organization, had the opportunity to go from one center to four centers uh, through that growth and expansion. Um, in the course of that time, got very connected through our coalition, both in the city of Pittsburgh, which is where I'm from originally, and then in our state, we formed a coalition as well. So lots of opportunity for networking and learning uh, within the uh, pregnancy help world. Um, after I directed those centers, I came on board with Heartbeat. And in 1999, I was named Heartbeat's first vice president. And that gave me an opportunity to help grow and develop Heartbeat. 
And so all of the services that we offer, the resources, those fell under my responsibility to provide the best that we could uh, for all of those affiliated with us. And Heartbeat has had a commitment to housing uh, for a long time. It's, it's a high value for us. We realize that it's part of uh, wraparound services. And so, as you mentioned, with the growth and, and some of the trends that we're seeing, it's, it's really exciting to know uh, that that's happening. Um, part of my time when I was at Heartbeat, I actually had the incredible privilege uh, because I was in the state of Pennsylvania and Ann Pearson, who was the um, executive director at Loving and Caring, was also in the state. She was on the other side of the state. But I worked very closely with her in helping get our state coalition uh, started. And that gave me exposure to Loving and Caring and who they were and what they were doing. And Ann and Jimmy's long experience with maternity homes and housing. Uh, eventually, I began to serve on the board of Loving and Caring, and that turned into uh, two three-year terms, so six years as a board member at Loving and Caring, and I think probably three of those as chairman of the board. And that's where I really got that hands-on, uh, behind-the-scenes, nitty-gritty uh, exposure to housing, and um, I'm very passionate about it. I see that it is something that serves women well. I see that it is something that um, adds to that comprehensive help that we can give to women who are in need. Uh, I see it creating amazing outcomes. So I'm really excited now at Heartbeat to have the housing ministry under my um, little watch and team and to be working with Valerie as our housing specialist. So that's my story. I think I'm going to stick to it. Sounds like a good story. So for those that are not aware, Beth is my boss, which I just think is exciting. Um, I enjoy that uh, quite a bit. So it seems like every time a new trend, question, scenario arises, I can bounce that off of Beth. And inevitably, she's had exposure somewhere in the pregnancy help movement with some frame of reference or context for whatever that is. And that is helpful. Um, well, Beth, you know, a couple of thoughts were on my mind today, why I wanted to kind of tap you into this. And one of them is really surrounding this subject of um, support. A better way to say that probably would be encouragement. And and here's what brought it to mind. I've noticed that with so much going on, so much expansion, not just of locations, of services, right, or even new startups, I'm noticing that many of us in the pregnancy help movement and housing in particular are doing our very best to support and reach out to one another. And I've noticed that there is a tight bond in this community of willingness to jump in the trenches and help each other and to hear what's going on and to help that problem solving. So this kind of got the wheels turning in my mind of thinking, you know, I would like to tap into you a little bit in teacher mode sometimes and to say, hey, you've been supporting people in this ministry for how many years now? A lot. Um, I think this is 33. 33 years. So I was thinking, you know, maybe I could ask you some questions and you could teach us about 
how to support one another. What does that look like to hold each other up, to lift each other up with what are real world and real hard problems that come up? And when those things happen, we reach out to the person next to us, which is probably another person in ministry also. And we find ourselves together trying to work it out and trying to figure it out. So that's where I have you today on the hot seat, (laughs) asking questions. Hopefully you can teach us some things. Um, You know, at Heartbeat, I know that we provide consultation services, and that is a big word that sometimes can sound intimidating or if you're a busybody like me, maybe boring, (laughs) right? We kind of wonder what is consultation? So I kind of want to start there and then hopefully we can break it down over time. But could you start with telling us, first of all, you know, what is a consultation? What does Heartbeat provide? What does it look like to have a consultation? Sure. Um, This is one of my favorite subjects, by the way, so I'm really happy to be talking about this with you today. Uh, It is the thing that I am, um, I can't say most passionate about, but it's definitely up there because I have an underlying uh, philosophy and commitment to the fact that we are better together. That is something we talk about a lot at Heartbeat, try to hold fast to, incorporate into what we uh, offer to our affiliates. So. The idea of better together. And uh, as far as what is consultation and how does it fit into that concept, it is the idea of um, we're not in this alone. We don't have to be in this alone. And so a consultation can be anything from picking up the phone to say, hey, I have this question. Can you consult with me about this issue or this problem or this idea Uh, That's a big part of what we offer at Heartbeat. Um, You can pick up the phone at any time and call us. Um, But consultation can also be peer-to-peer, organization-to-organization, ED-to-ED, where someone who's been down the road before, forged the path, is willing uh, to, to let their battle scars work for your benefit. And so the idea of a consultation with another Uh, pregnancy help um, world uh, team member. And then there's also a level of consultation where you really need some expertise. You need somebody who knows how to um, point you in the right direction. And so we uh, do offer on-site consultation and training through Heartbeat. uh, And that's another level um, that's available. So, you know, it really can look uh, different uh, in different on uh, different days, uh, in different situations, um, but consultation basically is a coming alongside of, which is a very biblical principle. I think it's part of why it's so successful, right? It's it's operating in accordance with the way we were designed to uh, to operate, to need each other, and to have each other. So that would be my general definition of a consultation. So tell me who. Who goes to these consultations? Like what kind of affiliates need call and are interested in a consultation? Um, that would be everybody. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, everybody at some point, Valerie, really needs um, perspective or they need just to know they're not in it alone or they need some serious um 
experience or expertise. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm not saying everybody takes advantage of it, but I think everybody at some point feels the need for it. And, and I think part of our conversation today is to encourage people to take advantage of it, let them know what's available and let them really think through how helpful it can be uh, to not stay isolated, but to reach out for a consultation. Absolutely. So one of the benefits to our uh, maternity housing affiliates is that we, and I often encourage us to use that, which is a once a month, cost-free 20-minute consultation with a housing specialist. And I have found that um, those that use this find themselves using it often and regularly. It becomes a default part of their schedule. Um, And I've also noticed that it's affiliates in all walks of their organizational life or age, right? So we have startups and also well-established homes, right? Or even homes that are considering major merges or partnerships or just have a difficult client. So that has been particularly rewarding and eye-opening, even as homes put it on the calendar for once a month, we have a 20-minute call and we cover whatever is the uh, dilemma at the front of their mind, you know, that month, whatever that is. And so that is available, not just to the leader of that housing organization, but to, you know, any person that is a part of that organization. So a staff member. So if you have a counselor or social worker or someone that feels stuck, a house mom, then that's available. And so I, I've thought, how generous that is for a heartbeat to provide that. And it's been a joy to get to know the affiliates more often through regular communication. So got a question here and I wonder if you can answer it. <laughs> what, tell me, what is the main goal from your perspective as a consultant of the consultation itself? What are you hoping to accomplish by the end of your time together? Yeah, I think, you know, In general, what we're hoping to accomplish is meeting the need of why that consultation happened uh, in the first place, right? Um, If it's a phone consultation, if it's a peer-to-peer consultation, if it's an on-site consultation, we're trying to meet the need, the felt need of whoever is requesting the consult. Um, The really great thing about that is... And as you were talking, I thought about this, Um, you know, you and I both have experience and we can share that experience, but being in the Heartbeat Network also provides experience to a lot of other people besides just us, right? Mm -hmm. So I have people often um, where when someone calls on the phone or asks a question and I try to meet that need for them and share my experience, but then I'm able to say to them, hey, you know, you really should talk to... And I can think of people in centers who have gone down the road that we're talking about, who have been successful with things that others are trying to attempt, and I can connect people. I think a connection is a huge part of consultation. In your role, Valerie, you can do that with the National Maternity Housing Coalition and people that are in that network uh, who have done great things, and then also Another layer of that would be the council of that coalition, right? The leadership, those who kind of oversee and help um, advance housing. 
with tremendous experience, tremendous programs who part of their commitment to the council is to share with others. Uh, so you can pull from those resources and rely on those people as well. So again, to answer your question, what is a consult? It's really a coming alongside of. Um, it's sharing experience and expertise and pulling others who have experience and expertise in to help accomplish that felt need that's being expressed in, hey, you know, I really need a consultation. So I'm glad that you brought that up. I was hoping to find a way to navigate that in this conversation somewhere. So you really gave me a nice layup, which is for housing affiliates. One thing I want y'all to know is that we have... Um, a schedule or a list of council members broken down by housing specialties where uh, when you reach out to me, I can plug you right in with the housing specialist that maybe is most familiar with the particular subject area that you're asking about that day. And this has been so helpful and it's easy to do, easy to use. Uh, so definitely uh, utilize that resource. Beth, I'm going to ask a, another question. And sometimes I laugh because I wonder, I don't, how would I answer that? It, but I'm going to go ahead and ask it anyway. <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh, I feel a setup coming on. No, no, just simple <laughs> questions, right? So for example, how do you determine what to say? There could be so many responses to any general need or question or whatever is going on in the mind or life of that affiliate. So how do you determine what what to say? It's a really good question. A really good question. You know, in, in my role at any any point in time on any day, I could get a phone call from an affiliate anywhere in the country or um, just asking, hey, here, here's where I'm struggling or here's what I'm trying to do or what do you know about? And so I have to be prepared. Um, you know, I don't know what the subjects are going to be. I don't know where uh, the crisis is happening within a certain program or organization. So for me, it's really twofold, Valerie. I first have to make sure that I am spiritually prepared for those consultations, that I have um, prayed uh, and put myself in a good place to be able to utilize what I call the overflow principle. Uh, the overflow principle I learned early on, and I'm very grateful for, it's the idea of I can't give something I don't have. And so it's the idea of I allow uh, the Lord to pour into me. Uh, and then what I share is an overflow. It's not something I muster up, I work at, I strive for. It really is the things that I believe the Lord is speaking to me about because he knows what those questions are going to be, what those needs are. And so I just get to be the vessel. So there's the spiritual side of it, being prepared, being ready, um, inviting the Holy Spirit into the conversation for illumination, for things that are beyond what I can offer. Um, so there's that side. The other side is just the real practical Again, experience, um, research, uh, resources that are at my fingertips, you know, our, our manuals at Heartbeat and, and other um, materials that we can share. So there's that kind of the information education side and the spiritual side. And 
the combination of those two things, I can't say I'm always perfect at it, but there's a lot of grace in there uh, for my weaknesses where the Lord can be strong. But for the most part, those consultations um, can be effective when they combine both of those two things. It sounds objective. Is that right? Your input? Yeah, definitely. I think it is. Uh, all right. And I, and I intend for it to be because I think you would agree with this. I mean, I, I don't know everything, that's for sure. And I remember early on as a director, I found out pretty quickly I didn't have to know everything. I had to know people who knew it. And so the idea of asking for consultation um, and not reinventing the wheel, not making that mistake, right? Because you can save a lot of time, you can save a lot of money uh, when you go, don't go out there and make the mistakes that others have already made. You can glean from that. Um, so, yeah, I would say definitely objective um, in that you get to share what you've been through, you know, and what you know and what you've learned. And much of it I've learned from other people through just asking for consultation. So is it ever tempting then for you to want to give your opinion when you're talking to someone? You know, honestly and truly, Valerie, I try not to do that. Like I if, I, if I get a call or I'm asked a question or I'm on site, often if I'm asked for my opinion, I will respond with a question and try to um, kind of bring the focus back to where I think it needs to be. You know, sometimes I feel like, you know, if you're asking my opinion, here's what I would tell you. But one of the things I love about, like we've already talked about the fact that we, it's not just us, that there's this whole network, is that, you know, at over 33 years of doing this, I've had this aerial view, um, which is an incredible advantage and blessing, right? It's, I don't just come from one center where one thing worked and one way to do it. Um, and that's one of the things I love about Heartbeat is we realize the value in that and we realize there is more than one way to do it. Now, we can certainly give you tips and help and guidance on things that have been successful. Um, but we do realize that everybody kind of does things their own way. Now, again, hear me. I understand regs. I understand, you know, um, the commitment of care and competence. Those things are non-negotiable. But uh, a little bit of a you know, a variation on a theme is good um, because the people that we're ministering to and the communities that we're ministering to are very different and we need to allow for that. So does that answer your question? It does answer my question. You you did a good job. I, I think I was just asking because I know we're all human. And I was hearing what you were saying and realizing how wise and good all of this was. And then the reality of oftentimes, you know, we as affiliates are speaking peer to peer. And it is so tempting to want to give our opinion. And it's hard to not just meet our friend or peer in the ministry with all of our opinions and what we think is right. And this is the way to do it. Um, and it can be hard to remain objective, providing uh, knowledge that we have and listening for the Holy Spirit and not just knee-jerk reaction, this is what I do, or this is what I think is right. So I, I guess I just find it a little humorous because like, man, that is very good knowledge. And actually walking that out sometimes peer-to-peer -peer can be tough. 
Which kind of brings me to this thought, Beth, transitioning over from your years of consulting, what would you say for us that are supporting one another shoulder to shoulder in this movement? What principles can we take from uh, consulting, you know, through Heartbeat or as you've done it over the years to uh, really what is consulting, but not called that or supporting each other peer to peer. So practical example, this happens all the time. If we have uh, someone that we know in a similar ministry that gives us a call and they say, hey, you know, we've really got this going on or we've got this major funding problem or um, we can't keep our house full or we can't solve our staffing problem, whatever the case is. Uh, And that's a peer-to-peer situation. That's a friend calling, I call it the phone a friend for support. What principles can we take from your consulting experience while we're responding to them? Another great question. I think I would definitely start with having the mindset and the intentionality to be generous, to not um, have the mindset of, well, this is my success or this is mine and I'm not going to share it with you. (laughs) Um, You got to start from the place of generosity. Uh, Anything that I've accomplished, I've accomplished through, um, you know, the way that the Lord has ordered my steps and the supernatural power that he's added to it. And it's freely yours. Open hands. Like that, I think, is the first principle. Second principle, realize you don't know everything and realize there is more than one way to do something, right? So you can share your experience. Here's how I found success. Here's why we do it this way. Um, But not get restrictive, not get you better do it this way or else (laughs) kind of a mentality, right? It has to be very much um, encouraging that person like, here's the general guidelines, here's the principle, here's the experience, how, here's how we did this, and I'm sure the Lord's going to show you how to do it, right? So I think that's principle number two. Um, we don't control, I think, is really what that comes down to. And then I think the third principle is that it has to be practical. Like, I know a lot of times with consultation, the idea is uh, sort of this high level, and, and there you go, and there you have it, and good luck with that. It's almost like working with clients, right? There has to be tangible. There has to be practical in it, uh, how you lay that out for somebody, um, you know, even to the point of, you know, here here would be my recommended first step or here's something you might want to think about doing first or second. Uh, So that practical uh, part of that as well. It's funny as I'm just talking, I'm thinking about the love approach, right? It's kind of like those those steps that we use with clients, listen and learn. Uh, That's the first part of the consultation. Um, Open options, right? More than one way to do things, but here's what I see as your options. V, vision and value. It's the idea of helping a client see something differently than the way she's seeing it in the same way in a consultation. Uh, I know that sometimes when you're really struggling uh, to fix something or figure something out, It can cause us to have tunnel vision, like the only thing we see is that issue. And I think one of the really important parts of consultation is getting someone to get out of that, I can only see it this way, or this is completely overwhelming me at this point, uh, to the bigger picture, right? This is just a small part. This is, yes, very important, but it's not the only 
So it's that vision and value. And then the last uh, point of the uh, love approach is empower, extend and empower. And that's that practical step. How can I empower you uh, as we consult together to do the things that you're looking to do? And sometimes, Valerie, that even means, and again, within the, you know, the, the, the things that are available to you, offering to, hey, I can come talk with your board if they have questions, or I can sit down with your staff or whatever it is that would be that tangible, practical part. That is helpful. One of the things that resonated with me that you talked about is how easy it is to become focused on one problem, almost microscopically. And sometimes having that support, having a trusted friend, colleague, consultant to help us zoom out uh, makes all the difference. I know sometimes I've spoken with others or others have spoken with me and we find out this one issue that feels so big is actually one piece of a big picture. And then usually it's a trend nationally. Usually it is not just that one organization. There's something going on in the culture or there's something happening uh, you know, in the in the nation. And so once we can zoom out, we have that person who has their head above water and they can breathe fresh air and help us to see. Sometimes it really does bring that fresh perspective and hope to. Yeah. And it can be so comforting to know you're not the only one, right? Yes. So in a consultation, you're able to say, hey, this is a trend or I'm seeing this, you know, elsewhere, or I've just talked to somebody else who's going through that's why I'm such a big fan of coalitions and networking. Um, I really honestly, truly do believe we're better together and we can bring uh, things to the table that help other people in our being together. And so, um, yeah, just having, again, that idea of uh, it's not, I'm not alone. It's not just me. Uh, I'm not crazy, right? Sometimes it's just good to know I'm not crazy. This is really happening out there. Well, listen, in our wrapping up for today, I wanted to end with some just tools to put in the pocket of affiliates. One of my favorite tools when I'm talking to a friend, a family member, um, you know, anyone, a colleague, I like to ask questions. I have found that this serves the other person best. It makes it about them. It helps them to navigate what they're going through. Uh, But it also helps me to have more and more and more information so that I don't jump the gun and give input that uh, maybe doesn't really fit. And so this, this idea of question asking it's just a way that I show love and support, I've found. Um, and I'm imagining that you probably have found that to be true as well. So if that's the case, what are some questions that you, some default questions that you like to ask when you are speaking with a peer or an affiliate? Um, yeah, really, really good uh, subject. You know, my Formal training is biblical counseling, and that is um, somewhere where you learn to ask a lot of good questions, right? Uh, and again, with the love approach in the L step, listening and learning, a, a big part of that is asking good, open ended questions in order to uh, listen better, to become a more skilled listener, and to really learn as you're listening. 
Um, so the idea of asking questions is, uh, I think, a really good idea. Um, often I'll ask a question, um, and again, this sort of comes uh, from my biblical counseling background, but help me understand more of why you're feeling that way or why you're experiencing this like this right now. I often will ask the question, what are you trying to achieve? What's the end goal? Again, trying to get a little bit more out of the tunnel to the big picture. Sometimes, just depending on the subject, a good question to ask uh, is, who else needs to know this? Who else are you talking to? Um, Again, to kind of broaden uh, the scope of what the issue is. I think another good question uh, to ask is um, along the lines of, do you, do you have peace about this? Is this a peaceful thing to you? As, especially as people are thinking of new horizons and taking risks and that sort of thing. That's another good question. How peaceful are you about this? There's just a few. Yeah, I like I like those. And I'm. it's also funny because I think I've heard you ask me all of those questions before. <laughs> Good. Those those are indeed your default questions. Well, listen, as we wrap up, I'm going to throw in a few of my own uh, just so that the listeners have uh, options for it. So one of the questions that I uh, like to ask is what did what did God call you to do specifically? And this usually takes a minute to remember, because sometimes when we respond to the call of the Lord, life has taken place. We're running down the road and it's easy to forget what the original call or instruction was. And sometimes what I find is that when we go back to that, we find that we are really knocking ourselves out to make a strategy work that is a good strategy, but is not necessarily a call from God, meaning it's okay to change that thing. We, the, what God called us to do is the unchangeable Everything else is a strategy in order to fulfill that. And he shows us what that needs to be over time. So I like to ask, let's go back square one. What did God call you to do specifically? And then um, from there, we explore questions like, uh, is it time for a new approach? And that's a yes or no question, but usually I get an I don't know (laughs) as the answer. So my question then is, what are some indicators that would show you if it is or is not time for a new approach for whatever this is? And so that's usually a good conversation topic. The other one that I really like is I'll ask what changed. So recently, what what changed? Uh, because it sounds like this hasn't historically always been an issue, but it's an issue right now. So what were the factors that changed? Uh, And the other one that I like is a list of asking, hey, what's working and what's not working in this scenario? That can really help quiet the noise in our minds and the stress and anxiety. Uh, And sometimes then we look at the list and go, wow, you have a lot working here. And actually, it's just a few things that are not working and we can tackle those things. And that can really be an opportunity for encouragement, I find. Um, I don't remember who a mentor taught me years ago, and I have held this phrase for years, and I use it now, and I think about that then, which is that encouragement means the Spirit of God putting courage inside of us 
to put in, to put courage inside of you. So whenever we're speaking with someone, we'll know if we are encouraging them because if it's if it's flattery, it won't put courage in them, uh, right? But if it's true encouragement, they will leave feeling capable and and called by God. And usually that means um, encouraging them to feel capable in intercession and capable in the the word and knowing the word and making judgments and discernment in the word and really knowing that they hear the voice of God and you can do this uh, and feeling brave, right? In this overwhelming whatever is going on. A friend of mine get, has a plaque that she gave me that sits on my desk that says, everything is figure outable. <laughs> and I look at that every day and it it puts courage in me. It makes me feel like I, we can figure this out. We can do this. This resident is not too hard for the Lord. This budget is not too difficult. This client is um, not too mentally ill or whatever the unsolvable thing feels like it is. Uh, and so I walk away and I, and I have courage. And then we tackle whatever it is we have to tackle for that day. Uh, so those are just some some thoughts and questions that I like to use overall. Um, if you found this interesting today, one of the things I want to let you know is that A, consultations are a part of your affiliation membership. So if you are a Heartbeat International affiliate, then give us a call and let us work with you and uh, have a phone call with you about whatever you might need some support or input on. Uh, we can talk to you about all of the consultation options from there and get you connected to support in as quick as an email away or a quick phone call away. But also what I wanted to let you know is that our um, conference is coming up. Heartbeat International hosts an annual conference um, every spring. And so that is coming up this year. That'll be hosted in Florida. You can find information about that on our website, which is uh, www.heartbeatinternational.org. And I bring that up to you because uh, that will be a time to have consultations, to schedule consultations, or even to spend time and learn from those who provide those consultations. It's a wonderful time to meet with other peers in your area, to have breakfast with those people or coffee with them, and to learn how are other people approaching their problems or uh, their ministry needs. It's a wonderful time of remembering that we're not alone. And what I know is that by the end of each conference, we leave with a pocket full of tools and strategies, which indeed put courage into us to fulfill the call that God called us to do. So uh, if you would like to reach out to us directly with any specific housing related needs, you can email us at housing at heartbeatinternational.org.